This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on 3CR Broadcasting from Melbourne, Australia. And thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and today is the slightly sleepy, bleary-eyed version brought to you by the Paris Roubaix. Yes, if you're listening to this in real time, um, early Sunday morning, we all sat up and got very, very surprised. There's a bit of a journeyman of uh, cycling. Matthew Heyman took out the Paris Roubaix and we're still pinching ourselves that he actually did it. I mean, you know, when cycling, you know, you're supposed to be in you know, a certain age and a certain type of rider. Matty Heyman's a domestic of many years standing and he's 37. Wow, good on him. And it's one of the hardest, hardest races ever. I mean, even if you're not into cycling, it's just amazing to watch. It's a one-day race and they race over cobbles. And if you're familiar with the Melbourne Roubaix, well, that is very much based upon it, but in a fun patisserie, patisserie, cakes, pastries. I've gone off uh, topic already, but anyway... This is Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio and I've barely got my brain and mouth in gear today because of not much sleep. But on today's show I'll be talking to Aidan Kempster and he's doing a ride for the Great Forest in support of the Great Forest National Park and um, talking about cycle touring and going um, out east to have a look at Victoria's amazing ash forests and what you can do, actually, to enjoy and support the great national, great, oh, they always get the words in the right way, but yeah, anyway, the great big national park that uh, David Attenborough and quite a few other people want to support see happen in Victoria. Also on today's Yarra Bike Radio Show, I'll talk a little bit about the passing of Alan Parker, a bit about what's been happening at Yarra Council, and, oh, a few bits and pieces that uh, happened in the last fortnight since I've been on. Yeah, it's been an amazing uh, couple of hours with sitting up too late and uh, watching cycle touring on the telly because it's that time of year that you do it. I hope you've had a very lovely weekend. Oh, there's been so much. Like yesterday, there was a Bike and Life Festival over at uh, Sparkly Bear, sorry, uh, Parkley Square over in Brunswick, and I hope that went off well. And there was stacks of things on. Over the weekend, there was a really good article actually in The Age yesterday to do with women getting into road cycling. And there was a really good phrase that stuck out from that from, you know, women who, you know, wanted to get into it and, you know, get the components and the bike and the gear. And that term of pink it and shrink it. And if you've been around for a little while, you probably might be familiar with that term of let's just get some normal bicycle component or some type of gear and just turn it pink and make it a little bit small so then it will fit the women's market no guys it doesn't that's not how it works but if you want to look up the age yes Sunday age it was a pretty good article about getting into road cycling 
Unfortunately, a fortnight ago on Easter Monday, Alan Parker, OAM, passed away. Now, who is Alan Parker? Well, he was a bloke that um, pretty much started the ball rolling in Victoria in the early 70s for cycling advocacy and cycling infrastructure. And a week ago, Steve and I went to his funeral. Alan was probably one of the most bolshy bicycle advocates Australia's ever produced or ever seen. He was pugnacious. He was fearless at a time when cycling for transport was way off the radar. That said, um, it was really fascinating hearing Doreen Parker and Professor Emerus Charles Solderwine regale stories of Alan's life and involvement with the 1960s ND campaigns in the 1960s and he travelled overland to Australia through Iran and through Asia, come to Australia. He founded uh, the Bicycle Institute of Victoria together with several people including Peter Moore, uh, many people would know from Abbotsford Cycles. He he did things like the the first Melbourne, Geelong and Richmond bicycle plans and the fiery clashes he had with bureaucrats and politicians. It was quite something to hear some of the stories. So it's really intriguing in retrospect because I knew Alan for best part of 20 odd years getting on for that and we never had an argument we may have disagreed over some stuff or some strategies but we never had really had a crossword between us so you may know too that we've interviewed um alan over the years on yarra bug radio so on the 25th that's the anzac day coming up in a fortnight i'm going to have a show on alan I have some of his old recordings or that i did and yeah he's a pretty amazing bloke or well, yeah over Overview, he got an Order of Australia back in 2012 for his work. Yeah, he he started back in the era of the um, Country Roads Board and Board of Works and it was pretty groundbreaking stuff. You know, he also was a member for many years, a committee member as well for the Public Transport Users Association. So anyway, fortnight's time, uh, hopefully I'll put all that together, a bit of a package on Alan Parker, Order of Australia and one of the probably finest if not most pugnacious, bicycle advocates that Australia has ever produced. And thoughts with Doreen, friends and family at this time. But I kind of can't help but think that uh, last fortnight ago, when Steve and I were doing a bit of a critique, a heavily redacted critique of what we think's wrong with bicycle advocacy in Australia, there was the day that Alan passed. And <laughs> I can't help but think that he may have been cheering that on. That's just a little bit of a... Uh, pretentious way to think but he had an opinion about what was wrong with cycling in Australia and and I think Alan's work and influence will live on for quite a long time. Okay we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to be back with an interview I did with Aidan Kempster about writing for The Great Forest. ECR has all kinds of music programs for you to hear. From blues to hip-hop, reggae, classical, punk, jazz, soul, indigenous, experimental, indie, metal and other music styles. Check out 3cr.org.au on the World Wide Web for more info. Today on Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio, I am speaking to Aidan, and he's doing Riding for the Great Forest, showing his support and awareness for the Great Forest National Park. Aidan, you sounds like you've been busy the last couple of days. 
I've been busy for the last month and a half, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so it must be pretty exciting getting out there and um, having a look at like Victoria's ash forests and all the great rides out there. I can't tell you how much fun it's been. It's almost like taking a holiday. It's just walking off into the backyard, but taking a bike and all my camping gear. It's it hasn't really felt like doing anything difficult at all. And the thing is, just relatively, it's so close to Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you can catch the train to Hurstbridge and be riding in King Lake National Park, which is going to form part of the Great Forest National Park within an hour. It's pretty damn yeah. close by many people's standards, travelling yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's so easy. So a bit about the Great Forest National Park. I think 3CR listeners will be all fay with the concept, but it's basically trying to protect our water catchments and what's left of our great ash forests in Victoria and a whole bunch of other things to do with carbon sink. It's a, it's a pretty big campaign to support this new national park. Yeah, the campaign is huge and it's got support from uh, some of the biggest orgs in Australia. I mean, everyone seems to think it's a really good idea. You've just got to look at Sydney to see, you know, how beneficial it is for a city to have a national park just on the outskirts. I mean, as it stands at the moment, with so many of the forests around Melbourne being state forests, they can't, they're not necessarily the most accessible to all people. Like just the other day, we were riding in Telangi on Monday. They, they set off a planned coop boom, so the, the forest was actually on fire. We were aware that that sort of thing was going on, but... It's still quite confronting to be in a forest and then be, oh, no, that's not a cloud. That's a um, big plume of smoke. That then, you know, was descending over Hillsville and would have caused some, you know, poor air quality in the area. Yeah, is that one of those kind of incendiary things they do after doing a coop? Yeah, exactly. Once they've finished clear felling an area, they've taken out about 40% of the biomass and then the rest is burnt so that when they drop seeds from the helicopters to re- reseed the mountain ash, they've got an ash bed which actually helps in the reseeding rate, but isn't really a natural burn. Well, it's not a cool burn. It's, it's obliterating your, your, your biodiversity and everything else on the ground. It's, it's creating a clear wasteland and from scratch, and it's going to take hundreds of years to return to anything like what it was before. God, that's, it's, it's incredible because they do a lot of this sort of stuff during autumn, but still people really don't know what's going on. In you know, like, This is our water catchments. This is our carbon sinks. This is the stuff where we get our clean air from. Our government is just so blasé about what the long-term effects of this sort of thing is. Yeah, well, that's what the Great Forest National Park is all about. Then the long-term effect is we've got a magical forest that's huge for, you know, centuries, thousands of years to come. Yeah, so with the actual, like, you're, you're going off grid and you're actually doing this to raise money and awareness. You know, you've got a, a chuffed kind of fundraiser platform going at the moment, Riding for the Great Forest, and that's got, yeah. like, I think about two weeks to go on it. Yeah. And um, we'll put the links up for that, but if you want to go to chuff.org and, and type in Riding for the Great Forest, you'll come up with that. But this is like you want to start a con- conservation... Uh, <laughs> Hey, I'll I'll get this right. Start a conversation about conservation using your beard and your bike as as your talking tools. I'm supporting an organisation called Beards On, which is a tiny little not-for-profit based out of Sydney. The beard sort of symbolises how growth and time, you know, generate something that's entirely different to something that's being shaped every day. So kind of grow the beard to represent growing the forests and you know, increasing their complexity as a mess of beard gets more complex as well. 
Yarra Youth Services is currently recruiting new members aged between 15 and 25 to join their Freezer Youth Events Committee. If you want to get into the music and events industry or design and deliver incredible gigs and parties and make amazing friendships while you're doing it, then this is the opportunity for you. Positions available include Artist Liaison Officer, Visual Director, Stage Manager, Productions Team, Promotions Crew, Chairperson, General Committee Volunteer and Business Development Officer. Spaces are filling up fast, so get in soon. To apply or to find out more, call 94261455 or hit us up at facebook.com slash Yarra Youth Services. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR 855 AM and Digital. And is going to go into the second part of the interview I did with Aidan Kempster about riding for the Grape Forest. With your um, off-grid ride, how are you planning this? Are you like doing standalone rides? Are you building a community? How, how are you coming across with doing this? Well, I sort of started off just heading out by myself with a friend. So I've done four rides so far, two of them solo and then two with other people. I just take everything I need, take a map, kind of make it up as I go along. I know I know the general area that I've got to explore, but I don't really know what's in there. So that's why taking a good map and everything that I need for a few days is really all that I need. Plus, so close to the city, and we can still go on these amazing adventures. What, Where do you see this leading to, like, doing these fantastic adventures ideally i'd like lots more people to go out and do it like we've been saying it's so easy to get on a bike and be out in the forest within a day you can do it for your weekend you can do it for a long weekend you could even do it with your kids there's trails out there that are suitable for all level of riders there's even sealed roads that you could do in a day and the black spur and the reefton spur as well they're all fabulous roads that you could attack on a road bike and do it in a day. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just we're talking about like down the east side of Melbourne, get heading out or east and heading up towards the north a little bit. Well, you were saying you're in King Lake, Kings Lake the other day. But would it be something so startling you, you never expected to see it, just like, you know, something you've seen on one of the rides? Um, I did find a platypus one morning. Wow. He was playing, playing around in a dam. And there's lots of wildlife at night, but I'm not really set up and wanting to be awake to spot it all. But you, you'd probably be sitting in your tent and you hear little little footsteps coming up and having a sniff, then, oh, yeah, they're fine, then wandering off, that sort of thing. <laughs> We've had that with kangaroos. They come up for a bit of a sniff. Occasionally, um, a couple of times when I've been out in Slangy, I've heard deer. They just make a really loud kind of hooting sound. Well, it just shows that there's, there's ongoing work required for their management. Over winter, would you be doing rides or what What are you kind of planning to do during like the, the coming winter months in Victoria? Uh, over winter, I'll probably be looking to do weekend-based rides to kind of avoid as much bad weather as possible or be, be able to deal with it. I'm also looking to inspire more riders to go out and start scouting the park. There's tens of thousands of kilometres of forest trails in Victoria. It's, it's crazy just how just how much there is to explore. I was uh, not really aware of the scope of just how, how much there was when I was planning the adventure, but, you know, getting a scope of it now. There's a lot of uh, capacity for other people to go out and do their own explorations and their own tours at their own pace because that, that's really what it's all about. There's no need to be rushing when you're carrying everything that you need. You only need to go as far and as fast as you want to and are able to. 
with this, would you be plotting any of this stuff on any maps, like, you know, Open Cycle Map or uh, Strava or anything like that? Would you be, like, you know, when you get back to you know, somewhere where you're not dragging data through a tiny pipe, you get back to the city, but are you looking at kind of like um, documenting some of that stuff? Yeah, definitely. That, that's another thing that I'm looking to do over winter is to actually start building a resource for people that do want to go out and explore. So a detailed account of the exact routes that I've taken and then the availability for other people to go out, do their own, upload it, share it and talk about it so that we can get a much better map of like what sort of roads and tracks are good to cycle through the forest. Yeah, and what sort of bikes you can take on what too because you're saying there's a whole range of stuff out there. You could do everything from like a, a straight road bike to something like if you're riding with 29ers or a fatty or something like that or a touring bike. Yeah. You know, it's a whole range of stuff people can plan if that sort of detail is available. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the idea. I'd, I'd love to build a resource that, you know, can continue to be used even once it's a national park for people to go out and explore it. Yeah, because you've got a really good WordPress site riding for the Great Forest wordpress.com and you're kind of putting daily stuff up oh that that's probably more like every week to upload a, a ride report I'll, I'll be looking to sort of upgrade that page with maps and that interactive feature that we've just spoken about over winter and if people want to find out more it's probably best heading to uh facebook isn't it yeah that, that's where the most frequent updates are, are coming from i've got solar panels so when i'm touring i'm able to upload a few photos a day or Occasionally a short video from where I'm camped. Yeah, so like riding for the Great Forest, and that's what you type into search when you go to Facebook, and you'll find it relatively easy. Because, you, you know, you're putting stuff up there, you're looking at going through the Yarra Ranges National Park and the like. This, this stuff looks absolutely beautiful. The whole park is full of, is full of gems. You know, whether you're going on a road bike and, and doing some of those sealed roads, or there's a little um, aqueduct trail, the Oceanus the O'Shaughnessy Aqueduct Trail just up from Warburton, oh, yeah. which is where a lot of the photos are from, which is which is just brilliant. It's only accessible to bikes and walkers. It's, it's through the uh, Rangers National Park. It's very level because it was built for the aqueduct, so it's it's decreasing at only a few metres per 100 metres in the direction of Warburton uh, towards Melbourne. Ladies and gentlemen, this panel is now on air. In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR Community Radio hit the airwaves, heralding 40 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. This will be the first station owned and operated by a cooperative of community organisations on a Melbourne-wide basis. This is 3CR. As the status quo of old media is challenged, as publications come and go, in a country with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world, 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're not talking about land rights, we're talking about sovereignty. That's why it's important for us to be at the 10 Embassy. From the protests against the Franklin River Dam to the 1998 waterfront dispute, from the east-west tunnel picket to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy, the history of 3CR is dynamic and passionate and ongoing. I was born here, I will die here. I am not moving. So as we celebrate 40 years in 2016, we ask you, our volunteers, listeners and supporters, to join in in saying... Happy birthday, 3CR!
Welcome back, listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. This is going to go into the final part of an interview I did with Aidan Kempster about riding for the Great Forest. When you're in Melbourne, though, so you'll be like, looking for people to become part of this community for riding for the Great Forest? I'm really interested to meet uh, other cyclists that want to go off and explore or, you know, maybe they want to come with me for a weekend ride and check it out. I've got, at the moment, I've got a spare bike that I've been able to lend to a couple of friends of mine, but ideally people would have their own bikes and equipment. Yeah, and look, you're touring, so you should have something set up, like kind of a bit of an MTB thing with, you know, pannier racks or, you know, be able to carry, carry stuff. Yeah, definitely, and and you don't you don't really want to be doing it all from a backpack. No, uh, just slugging uphill with even the the three liter Camelback that I take. You know that that can start to wear down on your back after you know ten k's, twenty k's. So you know, riding for multiple days with a big backpack is, is not a pleasant thing to do. Yeah, it's kind of like keep keep your weight low on a bike, you know, in terms of if you're carrying stuff, anything payload, the lower the better. People kind of get that thing of, like, they think they're riding in the city and they can put on a bike bag or something like that. Yeah, it it really wears you down if you're going distance. Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) But you found found out the hard way. Oh, I certainly have. (laughs) But that's how you learn, mate. That's how you learn. Yeah. So I've I've had to do a little bit more bikepacking on this trip because I've done a lot of touring in the past. So I'm using lightweight bags and frame bags, and it, it really limits the amount of stuff that you take. So when I've got the Camelback bag, that's kind of where all the odds and ends end up. Okay, and summing up, we can get in touch with you via the Chuffed campaign site. You've got another two weeks to go on that, your website and the Facebook page, which we will put up on the when this goes up on podcast. Yeah, totally. I'd, I'd love to hear from people that have um, been exploring these forests from the past. This area that's going to become the Great Forest National Park has you know, been there for a long time. Lots of other people already probably mapped great routes through it. So if you've got one, I'd love to know about it. That'd be fabulous. Yeah, it just it's it's just such a overlooked part of you know Victoria in terms of people's consciousness of what's right next door to Melbourne and how the great I get it right the Great Forest National Park. I think I've got the words in the right place. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, such a vital thing to happen because we, you know, as you were talking about earlier with some of the coops and stuff, we've got to show a hell of a lot more respect to what we've got left. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Melbourne on Google Maps, you see the city and then you see this kind of green, you know, to the northeast. And you can be forgiven for thinking that that's, you know, all intact great forests when a lot of it is still being smashed. You know, that there's a few national parks that kind of like centralise and call themselves water catchment areas, but then you can have a state forest that runs right up to the edge of it that's being logged. So the Great Forest National Park is all about kind of taking that whole big green area that you can see and protecting it together rather than, you know, turning it into a checkerboard. If we think about fire as well, having having a continuous area of forest, you know, gives gives wildlife a chance. But if it's, you know, only tiny little pockets and they might all go up together, you know? If you get a if you get a spare weekend and you're not sure what you want to do, but you kinda of want to get out of the city, think about packing up your bike and just going for a ride in the forest. It's really it's really nice. It's really rewarding. I can't recommend it enough. And it's pretty easy to get in touch with you. It's usually you know, if you're either in the city or you're out you'll be in contact with anyone who's interested going for a roll out in the hills. 
I'll be in touch. Thank you so much for having a chat today, Aidan. Thank you, Chris. Come and join Melbourne's top musicians as they show their support for human rights. The concert, Fearless Music, features political, protest and freedom songs written by the world's best fearless songwriters. Singers include Ross Wilson, Stephen Cummings, Cash Savage, Liz Stringer, Mark Seymour, Jane Clifton, Rob Snarsky, Sean Kelly and Lisa Miller. Fearless Music, Sunday May the 8th at 3pm at the Mimo Music Hall in St Kilda. Book tickets now at mimomusichall.com.au Sponsored by Liberty Victoria, a 3CR supporter. Listening to Yarrabosk Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 8.55am and this is the slightly sleepy edition. Chris has been sitting up watching the Paris Roubaix and barely can get one word in front of the other. But (laughs) I think I'm not doing too badly after one coffee. Anyway, that was an interview I did with Aidan Kempster who's writing for the Great Forest and uh, the Great Forest National Park is a proposal, uh, is a vision for a multi-tiered national park or park system for bush users and bush lovers alike. It's a park system that protects and maintains important ecosystem functions and critical to our way of life and it's basically 90 minutes I said drive east of Melbourne, I reckon you can catch a train at most of it. The mountain ash forests of the Central Highlands are the key source of the city's drinking water and home to the tallest flowering trees in the world. A park proposed for the region has Melbourne buzzing with new investment ideas in tourism, boosting regional jobs while conserving an incredible landscape and its wildlife. And as you're listening to Aidan, you can go for a roll in most of it. So if you look up Great Forest National Park dot com dot i think it's dot com or is it yeah dot com dot au and look that up and if you want to find if you want to support aiden on his ride go to chuffed.org and type in great forest ride he's got another fortnight to go to raise um, about two thousand dollars so if you want to help him out there please do so thank you so much aiden for doing that at such short notice because uh sometimes these things work out now tonight if you can get to see a Burundara at 8 Ingleby Road, Camberwell, there's going to be a meeting on to meeting to fix the anniversary trail gap, and this is out east. And if you can get to it, uh, it'll be absolutely vital because, you know, we've got all these little gaps and important bits that are missing in our connectivity, you know, getting around from A to B for cyclists. So this is um, tonight at 6.30. It's at 8 Inglesby Road, Camberwell, and I do believe there should be some signage and the like there. So don't forget that this meeting's tonight. Come along and show your support. And this is at a council meeting, so it's to support fixing the dangerous gap in the anniversary trail. And you can actually look that up on Facebook as well, Borondara Council meeting to fix the anniversary trail gap. And also I can't go past the fact that last Tuesday we had another council meeting. Wellington Street came up again and we got this one through again, uh, six votes to three to get some funding to complete it, as in doing the plans to complete the actual Missing bit of the uh, the paraded lines because at the moment, as I think Troy quite adequately said quite a while ago, we've got half a tennis court. So thank you so much for today. Our podcast should be up later today. Next week we should have Val and Faith back in the studio. And don't forget on the 25th of 
April, that Anzac Day, I'll be putting together a show to do with Alan Parker, OAM. And um, don't forget that 3CR reply upon our listeners and supporters to keep us on air, so don't forget to subscribe or donate. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in about a fortnight. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.